Welcome to the Messy Walk Podcast with Pastor Adam Cook, where our goal is to have a genuine and authentic conversation about the Christian faith journey and what a messy walk with Jesus really looks like. Make sure to follow us for future episodes that will be posted regularly each Wednesday. We hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome back to the Messy Walk Podcast, everybody. We are super excited to be back. Um, me and Adam hey. for the... Hey, Adam. What's hey, up? Good morning, evening, whatever it is for you <laughs> listening right now. For right. us, as we're recording, it's morning. It's a it, we we're recording in a basement. Yes. So you'd be we we see so her all day. We don't know what time it is. We don't know. We don't know what the, they don't let us out. But we're glad that you're here listening with us and joining us for sure. Um, we for the past few um, weeks have been uh, going through a few series like uh, talking about confessions and then yeah. going from there into okay, well. I'm realizing I have weak faith. Like that's a problem. Yeah, and a couple so, of those confessions have springboarded us into some other thoughts. And for so sure, one of them sprung It was a weak faith confession. Yeah, and then it, it we went into well, let's let's talk about how to build that faith. Yeah, right. And so we spent several episodes on building your faith. So if you struggle with weak faith or whatever, last several episodes, go check it they're, out. They're for you. Yeah, and, and me, it's but, yeah, I, it's something I would go back and yeah, listen absolutely, to quite honestly. Absolutely, that's kind of where we were. Yeah, and with. Building our faith, we need something to apply it to. So for the next few episodes, I would say about three episodes, we're going to be talking about the three principles, main principles of obedience. Yeah. And yeah. where do we see that laid out in scripture and especially in the early church? Um, and today's topic is going to be bold obedience always triggers opposition. Opposition. That's right. Yeah. yeah I think that um, I think that obedience um, is something that the that is always going to be applicable to the church, no matter what the cultural context. And so when I sit here and say that I think the current church in America, the age, the time frame that we're in, and not just America, I mean the world, right now and in going forward is going to require bold obedience mm. from followers of Christ to the commands of Christ and to the will of God and to the speaking of the Holy Spirit. It's going to require it, but but it always has required it. Yeah. You know? It's always been a piece of what it means to follow Jesus is to be um, obedient, but not just passively obedient, like hmm. bold in our obedience. Um, yeah. And and that to me, that's something that every single Christian needs to grow in always. Um, and I see that in my life because if I'm if I'm being honest, there have been multiple times. Like I was honest about the part that I, I saw as my faith was weak, you know. Um, and as I acknowledged that my faith was weak over the last year or so. I talked to you guys on the podcast about, you know, during this Rona shutdown thing and all this crazy going on, I'd seen my faith build in some considerable ways that then even reflected in my level of anxiety going down substantially. And so I'm going to admit that, you know, I, I am scared to obey most of the time. Hmm. Um, and so it's just obedience has been something that um, it's not that it's an, an individualized struggle for me. I think it's an individualized struggle for us all that we end up struggling to obey for sure. multiple things. And so if we spend some time maybe talking about um, obedience, I think this one's just me and Graham talking because we both of us need to know do better about obedience than it necessarily is. Yeah. Let us teach you about it. So yeah. um, you should feel that vibe during this particular um, you know set of episodes. Because um, that's just the case, and and I, I do think that you know when we're talking through this, we'll end up with like these three basic principles that I see of bold obedience. Basically, three things that we've got to know and understand yeah. about being bold in our obedience to God. 
Um, and that first one we'll get to in a few minutes. That first one is that um, it does trigger opposition. Yeah. It, it always triggers, um, you know, adversity. It always triggers some sort of opposition that comes at you from multiple places, right? And so we've got to understand that. But when we were studying through the book of Acts several years ago, um, there was a scripture that I just couldn't seem to get past. And it, and it started to kind of cue me into this idea of obedience. And so it's in Acts chapter 3. Matter of fact, all of what we'll look at during this series of, of talking through obedience is going to be found in Acts. Acts 3, Acts 4, Acts 5. Um, but in Acts chapter 3, first 10 verses or so, you get this this scripture. I just can't seem to, I just can't get past it at all. Because um, it's, yeah. just, it's just profound to me. And so like, here, here's how it goes. Um, now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, and a man lame from birth was being carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple that is called the gate of the beautiful to ask alms of those entering the temple. And so every day, this guy who cannot walk is being brought in, set down so he can beg, basically, right? So he can get help. Um, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked them for money, basically. He asked them to receive alms. And Peter <laughs> directed his gaze at him, as did John, and said, look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them, because he thought that they were getting ready to give him some money, right? Yeah. He thought they were getting ready to help him out, throw him some coins. But Peter says, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise and walk. And he took him up by the right hand, raised him up, immediately to his feet, and his ankles were made strong. Leaping up, he stood up, began to walk, and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising and recognized him as the one who sat at the gate, Ask him for money. And they were all filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened. Pretty crazy. Yeah. What, it's not the miracle that I can't get past. So when I read the scripture, it's not the fact that Peter and John just heal this dude and he stands up and walks. I, I actually can see that. I, if that's not the part that, that amazes me. It's the boldness of Peter and John that got my attention. Yeah, It was the boldness of it. It, it, was, it was me sitting there going... Man, that that seems like that's some real big bold obedience right mm. there in that moment. Just to just, just kind of jump in and go, I don't have money, but what I do have is Christ, and I believe He can make you walk. And so stand up and walk. It was just it's just this boldness there mm. that is hard for me to get past. And then when I start to apply those things, maybe you feel this way too. When you read some of this stuff in the early church, you go, um, What's wrong with us in the current church? You know, like because yeah. these people are the exact same people. I mean, no, none of these folks. Are superhuman. No, they're none not of hybrid. Them, none of them are Jesus, right? They're not just yeah. because they walked with Jesus doesn't mean that they have some sort of extra special power. The same Holy Spirit that was with them is the same Holy Spirit that's with us, and so they were just regular old people. And then I go, well, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with the current church? Because mm. there's some serious boldness in this, and that boldness right here with them, it starts the whole thing for them. Like it starts. Massive amounts of opposition. And most of it starts to come out of this moment right here. And the Sanhedrin goes on some rampage to try to keep them quiet. They throw them in jail. Then they let them go. And then they let them go in, in like chapter 4, um, verse 18 and 20. And you see this go down. You see them just, you know, so they just got busted, got thrown in jail. Most of the time when we get out of jail, we'll be like, all right, let me keep my mouth shut for a while. Let me go underground. You know, I'll, be, I'll obey God, but... I ain't trying to go back to jail again. You know, I got a family to take care of or whatever, right? Yeah. Um, I've only been, I haven't been to jail before. 
Side note, that's a good thing, right? <laughs> I have been uh, put in handcuffs, put in the back of a cop car, really? but that's for another episode. Yes. Got it. All right. And I will tell that story because it's a really cool story. Cool. Um, but if you jump to Acts chapter 4, just a, cha- just a chapter further, you go to verse 18, you see this. So they called them and charged them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge. For we cannot speak except for what we have seen and heard. We have to speak about what we have seen and what we have heard. And when I read that little verse there, I get I, I agree with the middle part. I agree with the part that, hey, look, you know, you gotta be the judge of what's going on here. We've got to make sure that we do this. But they're they're sitting here in verse twenty going, Throw us in jail, do what you gotta do. We're going to keep on speaking about what God needs. Like they're just like just yeah. keeping, they're just continuing yeah. to go in this bold obedience. And that's just the beginning of it. Hmm. So that just kind of kind of kicks the whole thing off. And and I think what starts to happen next, uh, as you continue to read through Acts, is this is when this, these principles start to pop up. So if you jump over to chapter 5 and you go to verse 12, you'll start to see this kind of play out again. 12 says, now, many signs and wonders were regularly done among the people by the hands of the apostles, and they were all together in Solomon's portico. None of the rest dared to join them, but the people held them in high esteem. And more than ever, believers were added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women, more than ever. So this is where the church is blowing up because of this obedience. Then it says, <clears throat> so that they even carried the sick out of the streets, laid them on cots and mats, and as Peter came by, at least his shadow might fall on them. Right, so people were people were certain yeah. that there was power in these people that were speaking in the name of Jesus. Mm. So certain that they just wanted to get close by, that they knew something was going to go down. And then it says the people also gathered from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing the sick and those afflicted with unclean spirits, and they were all healed. Mm. Massive amount of healing going on. As you read through the Book of Acts, there is much more healing, especially in the way it's written. You understand, there's much more healing happening through the regular old Christians with the Holy Spirit in them than actually Jesus performed. It's pretty amazing. You know, we forget that. I think when we talk about healings, we talk about miracles, we talk about the ones that Jesus actually did. Yeah. We ignore the fact that the early church was very involved in healings and miracles. There was power there, is what I'm trying to say. There was a lot of power. And then 17 and 18 says, but here they go again. The high priest rose up and all who were with him and filled with jealousy, they arrested the apostles and put them in prison, in the public prison again, right? So now they're back in jail another time. What I see when I start to read through this is that if you boldly obey God, we're gonna, you're going to have some miracles. We're going to talk about that next episode. Yeah. But you are guaranteed to face opposition. Yeah. I mean, their, their, their miracles are only really marked by two things. They're marked by, I mean, excuse me, their, their obedience is only marked by two things, mm-hmm. miracles and opposition. And so to me, I think we've got to understand and know that if we obey God, it's going to trigger some opposition. I mean, this is the second time they've been arrested in a short period of time, right? This is the second time they've been thrown into jail. And so they're facing significant opposition for obeying the the. the the command of God in their lives, obeying the commission that Jesus has given, right, for them to make disciples, but then the everyday leadings of the Holy Spirit inside their soul, as they're mm-hmm. obeying that, yeah. they're getting thrown in jail for it. Yeah. And I think the problem with us in the Christian culture is we read this scripture and we immediately put it through our current filter of that's not fair, right? 
that's not fair. That's not fair. They ought to be able to walk through this, and they ought to be able to say the name of Jesus. We ought to be able to talk about Christ and have all this happen, and this opposition shouldn't happen to us. That that's not really a fair thing to do. And I think it's because we tend to believe if I'm a Christian and I'm good, then nothing bad should really happen to me. Hmm. And, I, and I really do think that, like, I struggle with that thought, too. I have yeah. to, I, the only thing that keeps me in check on that thought is Scripture. Because as I walk through my daily life, I'm thinking, God, God, I'm living for you. I'm doing what you're telling me to do. You know, I'm trying to be a good person. I'm leading people to Jesus. And then I got all this opposition. This bad stuff shouldn't happen to me because I'm a Christian. But the reality is, if you boldly obey God, you're going to face opposition. Yeah, that's the reality. But I don't. So I don't know why we're always trying to change that. Mm-hmm. I don't know why we're always trying to get to some point where um, Christianity is more mainstream and everything is legalized and all those morals are across the board. And so when we are fighting for something in the name of Christ, everything just goes our way. I don't know why we continue to fight for that because it's not biblical. It's not biblical that you're going to be you're going to be obedient in God and then you're going to face public uh, praise. It's not going to happen. And so there's this opposition that that is coming here. And I, what I think and what I felt in my life, uh, and, and I think what I think about a lot right now, as far as opposition goes, is if you're not ready to face opposition for your obedience, then you're really not ready to be used by God. You might be ready to worship God. You might be ready to say you love Him, but if you want to be used by Him, mm-hmm. right? If you want him to use you in a mighty way in the name of Jesus, and that profoundly impact somebody else's life, then you've got to be ready for opposition. Yeah. If you're not ready for the opposition, you ain't ready to be used by God mm-hmm. because it goes hand in hand. Show me somebody else in Scripture who is used by God in a mighty way that doesn't face some sort of opposition. Yeah. It doesn't exist. It's always there. Every single time that God has used our obedience in the last several years in a way, some way to advance the kingdom. When I say our, I mean me, my wife, our our church. Every single time there was opposition. You know, when we started the church, so those of you who don't know this, the first four episodes of the podcast, the very, very first four, I kind of go through my story. Yeah. The, but those audio, of you that, the audio sucked. Yeah, we, we were trying, right? We were trying. But we only had four <laughs> listeners back then, so it's cool. But um, some of you don't know this, but we planted – um, Union Church, the mm-hmm. church I serve, Church Graham serves at as well, mm-hmm. um, about nine years ago. And when we started the church, we planted this church in my hometown, in where I grew up. Now, I, I was born and raised in Caswell County, North Carolina, but that's literally a stone's throw across the, across the state line. And so when you lived in Caswell County, you either went to Danville for stuff if you were in this end of the county, and if you are in the other end of the county, you went to Burlington, North Carolina. So we were in this end. So Danville is our hometown. Right? That's where I'm from. Yeah. And so I honestly started when we thought that when we started the church, I thought Christians would be like, oh, praise God, little preacher boy is starting a church, and it's going to be great. That's not what I got, really. I mean, I got that from a few people who I had asked to, to start the church with us, you know. I got it from some folks that I think that were in my corner that were praying for stuff. But mostly what I got was, uh, why? Why are you planting a church? Why are you starting a church? And not a why like I'm, a- I'm honestly asking, like a why with you, you know, snarly, kind of like, why would you An do that? An accusation right? or something <laughs> right? like that. Why yeah. would you do that? In other words, that's stupid. Why would you do that? Yeah. There's lots of churches. It's called the devil's nickname is the city of churches. And so why don't you just grab one of those? How about one of the ones that are already here? Hmm. That was the what I that was what we got back. Um, And just to clarify, there are like 
how many churches on our street? There on this street that we're on alone. Yeah. This so our church is on Main Street, mm-hmm. and so in like most towns on your Main Street street, there are there's all your predominantly churches. So there's mm-hmm. your there's your be your First Baptist, which there is. Yeah. There's going to be your First Presbyterian, which there is. Yeah. There's going to be your First United Methodist, which is still the building's here, but the church is gone. There's one beside my house, which my house yep. is literally across that's, the street that's from the, the church. the Episcopal Church right beside the you Greek there. Orthodox Greek Orthodox it. Orthodox is there. Yep. All your mainline denominations yep. at, as, the, as a town was being planted and growing are going to find their ways on Main Street. And so, tons. And so our, and our church has always been a downtown church. We didn't mm-hmm. mean for it to be that way. That's just how God has had us, had us be. You know, like we tried to leave downtown in our first, after our first building. Really? Yeah, we couldn't. Mm-hmm. Every time we went somewhere... We couldn't go. It always got blocked. And so God just kept opening up doors for us to be in this same area. Um, and like now we're in the old YMCA building, right slap in the middle of Main Street. Um, but, you know, every single thing that we've done like that as we tried to advance the kingdom, there's been massive opposition. I mean, we had a Sunday one time where we baptized 34, 35 people um, in one Sunday in one service, I think. Wow. And I was blown away. This was a long time ago. This church was only a couple years old. And I was thinking, man, this is amazing, right? And it, and it was. It was truly amazing. I thought Christians would just be, think that was awesome, you know. But people thought it was crazy. We started facing opposition, people telling us that we were not uh, – that the people getting baptized weren't really Christ followers and starting mm-hmm. to assault the character of the people, the character of the church. I mean, all kinds of stuff happens. So it's just every single little thing we've gotten this opposition Every significant act of obedience, I believe, is met with opposition. Mm. So if you are trying to obey God right now, wherever you are, in whatever level it is, because Graham and I talked about this on a big level and on a small level as we were prepping for this podcast, every significant act of obedience is met with opposition. So no matter what you're doing right now in whatever area of your life you're trying to obey God, maybe you're not out there walking on the streets, obeying the Holy Spirit, trying to heal people, going to jail, preaching, like the early church was. Maybe you're trying to obey God about a particular piece of your relationship or a piece of how you act in the office, how, you know, the tone that you set, who you're yeah. going to be, you're going to be, you're going to face opposition. So, so take that as a good sign. Like I think don't worry about when you, when you meet opposition for obeying God. Mm-hmm. So us as Christians need to quit worrying about the fact that, well, we doing God's will and yet all this bad stuff is coming at us. No, don't worry about that. Worry when you don't receive that opposition because it probably means you're not obeying God. If there's not some sort of opposition that's coming at you, you're probably not obeying God. It's probably not anything, anything any big deal, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, if you obey God in any area of your life, you're going to get resistance. Yeah, there's going to be resistance. There's going to be resistance from the from from people. There's going to be resistance from the enemy. There's going to be resistance. You know, anything. Yeah. So you know, you feel like God's calling you to. To get out of debt, you've been following all this FPU principle stuff, you know, and all this kind of stuff that we teach and we lead. You're calling, you, God's calling you, got to get get out of debt. Be ready because some people that you love are going to think that you're crazy. They're yeah. going to think that you're going against what it, what it means to be American, how it means to advance. Mm-hmm. They're going to think you're stupid. You know, He may call you to make um, church a priority for your family. I do believe that this is being obedient to God yeah. to make gathering with the saints, worshiping together, and then also serving in the church body. As a priority. And so you say, hey, we're going to make this a new priority. We see this happen with families all the time. New families, unchurched families that start to come to Jesus, they start to rearrange their priorities. They make church a priority. 
and you decide, okay, we're not going to do this, and we're not going to do that. We're going to we're going to make church a priority, and then you're going to get all these people that are telling you that you're crazy. Like you can't not be in every single travel league because then little Bobby won't get a scholarship. You know, you can't do that. This is nuts, right? You got to your kids' activities have to come first, not church. You know, and we, so many things that are just going to come up. There's going to be opposition that's going to come from those things. Um, you know, as, as a young lady listening right now. You might have the spiritual gift of dating jerks, right? It may be your spiritual gift. Like, no matter what you do, you just seem to be gifted at dating jerks. You're like a jerk magnet. Hmm. Um, And so you say, I'm going to stop dating for a while. I want to renew my mind. I'm going to date God. Then all of a sudden, every single family gathering you go to, your grandmas, your aunts, your mamas, your friends are going to remind you, you're you're getting older, you need to find somebody, you need to get married, your clock's ticking. You know, there's just this opposition that's going to rise up no matter what level in which you choose to obey God. And and I think a lot of times we we get caught up in, so the scriptural examples I gave, and as we look through the book of Acts, we see all these things on a ministry level. So we see all their opposition happening on a ministry level. We see it being all tied to what they're doing for God in the community, how they're reaching people, healing people, people getting saved and baptized. It all seems like a ministry church level thing, right? And you don't get a lot of personal pieces to this because that's the we're talking about the book of Acts, right? A C T S, not A X E, right? So it's not the book of Acts. It's not an Acts going around. It's actually the Acts of the early church, yeah. right? They weren't Acts murderers. No. This is their Acts. And so it, it, you don't get a lot of personal stuff happening here, right? Yeah. You don't, you don't see a lot of the opposition that's happening to them as they obey God personally in their lives. You see the opposition happening from the ministry acts that they're doing. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times we forget that, yeah. that the, the vast majority of the obedience that you do with God will not be um, the ministry acts. It will be the small acts. And there's going to be opposition in those small acts of obedience just as much as there is the chance of being thrown in jail yeah. for preaching the gospel or whatever it may be, right? Um, and, you know, let's don't forget to, like, let's don't sit here on our little posh, Americanized podcast thing and forget about all the brothers and sisters in Christ around the world right now who, when they choose to live for Jesus, they do get jailed like these apostles. They do get killed. They do get pushed underground. They do get their businesses burned to the ground when people realize that they're Christians and all kinds of stuff that happens. Yeah. You know, it's all over the world. And I think that that it's almost an insult to those brothers and sisters who are facing significant opposition for us to sit around and cry and complain like when we're Christians and we obey God, everything should be for us. That's not what he says. That's not at all what Jesus is talking about. What Jesus is saying is, is that there is going to be opposition when you follow Mm -hmm. me. It's a guarantee, right? It's a guarantee that that's going to happen. And we've got to realize that that's the case. And so if you're facing opposition, you're probably being obedient. If you're walking out your Christian life and you start facing opposition, you're probably obedient. When we go into every single week, when I roll into a new week, if I obeyed God in preaching the gospel on Sunday, we face opposition about it on Monday, Hmm. on Tuesday, on Wednesday, every single time. Hmm. If I obey God in how we're going to help somebody be a better leader, or if I speak truth into their lives on an individual level, I'll get opposition. I'll get pushback from it. It's always going to happen. And so get rid of the idea in your head, this erroneous, I think, 
enemy, the enemy Satan field idea that says following God is easy. If you do everything right, then everybody's going to love it and it's going to be perfect. God's going to pave some kind of golden pathway for you to keep doing it. Yeah. And that's not how it works. That's a, that's a point that I was, we were prepping for this episode. That's a, something I was asking Adam, because when we were talking, it reminded me of scripture in John. Yeah. Uh, and I'm just going to read it. It's a, it's John 15, 18 through what is 19. And it says, if the world hates you know that it's hated me before it hated you. If you're of the world, the world would love you of its own but because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world. Therefore the world hates you. Yeah. Jesus is talking That's, big picture here. Yeah. He's reminding us, Hey, look, if you follow me, you ain't of the world no more, mm-hmm. which means the enemy is going to fight you hard, right? The world is going to come at you. Yeah. It's going to happen. Jesus just told you in that verse, they killed me. They're going to kill you, too. They crucified me. They're going to crucify you, too. Now, it may not mean that I'm going to get crucified on a cross outside of, you know, on Main Street in Danville. But it does. It may mean also that I'll be publicly crucified for it, right? That there'll be some sort of social crucifixion for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it definitely happens. It definitely happens. You know, when we, when we follow the call to obey, there just comes so much opposition from it. And it... And, and Jesus is reminding us in that scripture that it is an intensely spiritual battle happening around us all the time that we fail to recognize. And so yeah. if we are looking more and more like Jesus, then we are looking more and more like a crucified Jesus, which means we're looking more and more like a Jesus who is opposed, that the world opposes you, right? It comes yeah. against you. The enemy is against that. And so we've got to remind ourselves of that all the time. And so I know it sounds crazy to say this, but... If you choose to obey God in an area and then you see opposition, you need to be thankful and stay the course because that's a principle of bold obedience. A principle of bold yeah. obedience that you got to get right off the bat is that opposition is going to come. Yeah. So don't take opposition as, oh, man, I'm going in the wrong direction. If you're boldly obeying what God said to do in whatever area, big, small, right, personal, public ministry, whatever it may be. You're facing opposition, and you see it. You need to know that's a good sign. I'm yeah. on the right track, right? Yeah. I know I'm doing correct. Mm-hmm. Um, when I when I preach, like I'm about to preach a message this Sunday, um, and I won't say exactly what it is because I don't know when this episode goes live, so then it'll be irrelevant. But I'm going to preach a message this Sunday that I know is going to have pushback because I'm going to boldly say um, how we should view and treat women, and there's going to be lots of people who are going to disagree hmm. um, significantly. Yeah. And they're gonna they're gonna blast me for it. Um, but I feel a sense of God said teach this. Mm-hmm. God said lead this. God said, Adam, you need to work on this personally, and then now I want you to teach it. Mm-hmm. And so when I teach it, I'm obeying what God says. Yeah. So if opposition comes, it's probably spot on. Yeah. Right? It probably means I'm on the right track. If we if we go forward with it and everybody's like, Oh, that's wonderful, I might not have obeyed him. You know, and so I think that's the big piece to start off with, especially when you're looking at the early church. The first principle you got to know about being obedient is you're going to face resistance, you're going to face opposition, you're going to face criticism, you're going to face persecution, you're you're going to be ostracized for it. There's yeah. going to be pushback. There's going to be pushback from people. There's going to be some supernatural pushback sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, like. I don't know if anybody can relate to this, but to me, on certain times when I obey God, it's not that I'm getting criticized by people. It's not that I can see it clearly. 
it's that it just feels like everything starts to go wrong. You know, it just feels like everything's just is just is just going wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that I can't really figure out what that is other than it's just spiritual warfare and opposition, right? And so there's always going to be that level of it. And so, you know, when we talked about for the last three weeks about growing our faith, having a bigger faith, mm-hmm. right? One that's not as fragile, one that's not as weak. As we grow that faith, we are going to be, we're going to have moments where God is leading us into obedience, right? Because if you've got faith, then what do you got to do? You got to put it in practice. And how do you put faith in practice? You obey what God says. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just know that all of this is, is growing you, but as you obey, you're going to face opposition. Hmm. It ain't fun no, at all. But at the end of the day, when you look back on it, what you'll see is that I boldly obeyed God and some stuff's going to start to happen that makes all that opposition worth it. Yeah. Um, and, and you don't even, you know, at some point, I'd love to say that you get used to it or you just kind of ignore it or whatever. You don't. It doesn't happen that way, at least not so far in my walk. You yeah. know, maybe somebody more seasoned out there has got a different take. They're further along than I am. But um, you don't get used to it at all. As a matter of fact, I think that what God will do with our obedience is, is continue to want to increase it, just like he does with our faith. And so he'll continue to to put things in front of us that are more bold in their obedience. And then, therefore, that means that the opposition is going to be more bold too it's going to yeah. be more intense it's just going to continue to grow like that that's part of being a christ follower like jesus said not of this world anymore mm-hmm. you know and there's a bigger spiritual battle happening here so hang in there right and know that when you face opposition it's a good sign yeah. right it's a good good sign and then maybe you've got some stuff right now that you you know are struggling to actually obey god in um I would tell you that the only only option you really have is to obey, and so you got to jump into it, um, and know that you're going to face that you're going to face that resistance. Yeah. So it's a, it's a big principle. You got to see that when you look at the early church. You got to mm-hmm. see that these dudes are obeying every time, and there's some awesome stuff that happens, but there's also some serious opposition. Right. Yeah. We just we just read through just a few minutes, and we got them in jail two times. Yeah. You know, right? <laughs> Criticized. They're trying to figure out how to take them out. You know, all this stuff's happening. Um, and they're going to jail. Let's still forget that. Because yeah. most of the stuff I'm just talking to you about, about my opposition, has been, you know, people saying bad stuff, right? They didn't yeah. they didn't arrest me and throw me into jail. So, except for one time. But I didn't need to go to jail. I just got so the back of the cop car. No, I need to know. <laughs> Cliffhanger. Even for myself. Yeah. Uh, we even encourage you guys just to read the book of Acts. You find sure. this theme. Just read it so from much. this. You, you know, I think a lot of times we say, hey, read this, read this. Just read it from a standpoint of let me just read it and look at. Let me read the first yeah. five chapters. And all I'm going to look for, I'm going to ignore everything else. All I'm going to look for is where they were boldly obedient and how much opposition came their way. Yeah. Don't pay attention to the miracles. Don't pay attention to anything. Just look through and look for those two little yeah. things as you're reading it. And you're going to be blown away. By yeah. the amount of times that they are just ridiculously bold. Like that very beginning scripture. It wasn't the miracle of this dude walking that got my attention. Mm. It was that all of a sudden Peter and John are just like so stinking bold. Yeah. Like they are obeying hardcore. Mm. Um and the and what do they face? Opposition. Opposition. Guaranteed. Even with all the sermons you have like people opposed right after they say something <laughs> yes, and yes. they're just like and, and, totally it, and which it. means I should get my Americanized Christian butt off my shoulders and realize <laughs> that if I preach the if if Peter preaches the gospel mm-hmm. and people get mad, 
um, and opposed. Then when I preach the gospel, guess what's going to happen? People are going to get mad and opposed. Right. Yeah. Right. Gotcha. Hmm, That was good. You guys work on your obedience and you're going to get some opposition. Be ready for it. For sure. And look at the opposition as an encouraging thing. It's an encouraging thing. It is. Yeah. It's an encouraging thing. We are really thankful that you guys are listening. We uh, I've had a few people run into me recently being like, "Hey, you got another listener?" and the whole joke of four listeners has kind of died down now because I don't we have a kind of a little family listening. Yep. So yep. we're really thankful for all you guys. Make sure to go and um, follow us on Facebook at the Messy Wild Podcast on Instagram. It's the same name with underscores in between each word. We are on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Um and we are trying out a video recording yeah, today, we got so a camera hopefully, almost right now. Hopefully, you guys will be able to see that if everything goes well. So, uh, make sure to tune in next week when we go into episode sixteen, when we talk about bold obedience releases God's miracles. Yeah, we're gonna hit principle two for sure. Don't miss it. Yep. See you then. See ya. Bye. Thanks for joining us on the Messy Walk Podcast with Pastor Adam Cook. Make sure to follow us for future episodes that will be posted regularly each Wednesday. Have a great week.